note off the top uh, for listeners, just wanted to recognize uh, the tragedy that occurred in Colorado Springs on Saturday night at uh, the Q nightclub, uh, shooting with five people dead. Many, many more injured. We're so sorry that it happened. It's a tragedy. And we uh, just want to express our sympathy uh, to everybody involved with that. It was terrible, and it was really too bad that we keep seeing this in Colorado over and over again. Welcome to the Nuggets, Inc. podcast, presented by Avaca TV, a proud sponsor of the Denver Nuggets and Colorado Avalanche, and the most affordable option in Colorado to watch regional sports. For just $25 a month, subscribers can access Avs, Nuggets, Rapids, and Rockies games anywhere via their phones, tablets, or laptops. We got a decent show coming up for you today. I don't want to say good. I don't want to promise something that might not be true. We're going to talk a little bit about that miracle win in Dallas. Vlatko Chanchar sinking a half-court shot to end the first half to begin the second half. How does that happen? We'll talk about it. Bones Highland goes off. Mike Paul Jr., what's going on there? The stars are in health and safety protocols. We get to all that and more coming up next. And we're back for another edition of the Nuggets, Inc. podcast presented by Avaca TV. Mike Singer joining me via the wonders of technology. He's in Dallas. I'm in Denver. Two days in the, what, what do they call Dallas? What is Dallas? Is it the... The Fountain City, something I don't know. I have no. I idea. don't know what they call it. Everything's bigger in Dallas. Yeah, is every, what I've been okay, well that's great. Uh, except apparently, not big enough to beat the Nuggets twice without their two best players. Uh, Mike, you were there to witness both games, the shellacking and the incredible victory on Sunday night. Your thoughts? Uh, maybe one of the most surprising turnarounds, uh, over a two day span that I've seen in, in, in several seasons, um, with the nuggets. And I, I realize this is again, the hyperbolic podcast, but, um, I mean, to get pumped like they did 28 points on Friday night, um, without Nikola Jokic, without Jamal Murray, without Aaron Gordon, and then to come back two days later with the exact same team, um, and to beat the Mavericks, who, who are obviously feeling themselves, they're, they're in a good place. They think they can, you know, probably take down the shorthanded Nuggets a second time. And just the, the, the like, it, contributions from every single guy who played. I mean, everybody who played. Like, you just look at that final possession of who was on the court. I mean, it was DeAndre Jordan, Davon Reed, Bruce Brown, Zeke Naji. Um, and and one other guy, and I, maybe Contavious Caldwell Pope, and I'm just like the the five guys that are here that are playing right now to conceivably win this game. It was just it was a remarkable win. Um, Michael Malone considered it kind of a playoff format in that you see the first game, you adjust, and then you come back for game two. Um, it is not inconceivable that the Nuggets see this team in the postseason uh, in you know six seven months down the down the road, um, but. Every time we're in Dallas, something weird happens. I mean, that is that is my running theory. This is where the season shut down, um, and, and this is where that they earned one of their more remarkable wins, which Michael Malone compared to that seven-man win in Utah from several seasons ago. Which do you, which one is number one? Is it seven-man or is it this win? 
I actually think it's this one. And, and the reason why is because they had Jokic and they had Jamal Murray available for that. So you have your two, you know, guiding forces, your two linchpins of the team. Um, they didn't have those guys. Uh, who was the only common denominator between those two teams? Vlatko. That is, oh, yeah. That's my man, Vlatko. Sean Char. The only common denominator. And also, you might say he won the game with his half-court heave. Uh, you might. Uh, you could if you wanted to. It was, it was the most ridiculous scene. And I'm asking all the other reporters on press row. Brad Townsend, Dallas Morning News, Tim McMahon, ESPN. I'm sitting there. Have you guys ever seen anything like this before? What happened was they ruled that um, Luka Doncic's heel was out of bounds after he canned this three-pointer. He does a shoulder shimmy. They go into the break. They're supposed to be up seven. Um, And after they review the play, they see that his heel was out. The problem was is that the Simon Says halftime act had already taken the court, and there must. Okay, be- can I can I just ask you? I want to interrupt real quick. Is it really that hard to tell Simon Says to take a seat for a sec? We can it's finish this just, thing up. It's not just Simon Says. It's Simon and all of his participants. There must have been there must have been sixty people on the court already um, by the time they realized it. So yes, it would have been a task to clear the court um, and get all the t- both teams back from the locker room. Uh, to play out these final two seconds. So uh, ultimately, the Nuggets learn that they're going to get to play these two seconds again um, to sp- right before the third quarter starts. And lo and behold, like Vlatko Chanchar spends an inordinate amount of time doing these half-court shots after shoot-arounds, after practices. He's always there just you know, consistently knocking them down. I asked him after the game last night, we were just, we were just BSing. I go, what do you think you shoot on, on open half court shots? He goes, maybe 25%, which like one in four on an open half court shot is not bad. You throw them into a game setting. Maybe that cuts in half, maybe one in eight. My man drained it last night. Michael Malone puts him in. So everyone kind of knows. I got a question. Go for it. Was this something where they're like, okay, this is the Vlatko moment? This we we've been anytime we have a half court shot of some significance, maybe not the end of the game, but some other point in the game, it's Vlatko time. Well, I don't know why not the end of the game. He already did it, you know, in a game setting. They know he's consistently good from the half court shot. Like I don't know why you wouldn't put him in a, in a pressure pack moment like that. Should every look, should every NBA team have their own half court guy? Like John Shire's your half court guy for the Nuggets. You just make sure to practice your half court shots every every game or every practice. So I realize ready. I realize that you're being tongue in cheek, and I realize oh, you, that this is kind of a <laughs> even across state lines. It resonates. Um, Wasn't sure if that was coming through loud and clear and um i realize that everyone thinks that this is a gimmick and like even vlatko like himself realizes it's somewhat of a gimmick he told me like two days ago he was like mike you never know when you're gonna need it why not practice it i swear to god he told me this he told me this like two days ago um lo and behold he they need it and I think just for the hell of it, they said, look, you, you, we got a better chance with you than anybody else. Why not try? It yields. Not only does it yield, it is a six-point swing. Take three off the board from Doncic's three. 
add three to the Nuggets, and it's now a one-point game. The the Slovenian swing, the Slovenian six-point swing, and so I text Vlad. I, I'm sitting courtside because the Mavericks media seating is is outstanding. Uh, I'm sitting probably the third row, and I videotaped the whole thing just because you know I thought something weird might happen. It's two seconds left. You never see you never see two seconds of the second quarter played after halftime. It was a very odd scene. So I'm filming the entire thing, and I get this unbelievable shot, like 30 seconds of the whole thing, his celebration, everything. They celebrated like they won the game. Um, and after the game, I, I, you know, I'm talking to Vlatko, and, I, and I, I, I say, hey, man, do you want this video? He said, yeah, just text it to me. All right. So I text him the video of this, you know, unbelievable shot that he makes. Um, Didn't bank it in either, uh, by the way. Did not bank it in. Uh, later that night, um, later when I'm kind of doing work in the press room, I see that Luca tells reporters, he goes, yeah, I taught Vlatko that um, <laughs> from their time on the, on the Slovenian national team. And so I text Vlatko back and I say, uh, Luca says he taught you that. And Vlatko, Vlatko responds and he goes, I'm not going to lie. I lost a lot of money to that guy practicing that shot. <laughs> so it, again, it was very much like a, an understanding, like a tongue in cheek thing, but like, but it had a meaningful impact because the Nuggets played their best quarter of the game in the third quarter. Um, I think they limited Dallas to just 18 points um, and, and they completely swung momentum. It was like the defense was engaged. They were forcing turnovers, which I don't know how many times I need to say it on this podcast. The game switches when this team engages defensively, forces turnovers and runs. I've, I mean, the last three episodes, we've harped on it. It is what happens when this team wins improbably. Um, so I really do think Vlatko shot changed the game. I'm not saying that it was the reason they won, but everything flipped after he hit that. Um, he, he's standing on one side of the, uh, the post-game locker room. He gets to do the TV interviews. Uh, me, and, uh, me and Scotty Hastings, we're, we're, we're talking to him. Um, after the interview is done, DeAndre Jordan, he's standing on the other side of the, uh, of the locker room. He goes, man, you hit one shot, you think you're Michael Jordan. And uh, so there was just a well, just lot. Correction: uh, Vlatko was three for three. Last That's night. what Vlatko should have told DeAndre. Seven he said, points. "Hey, man, don't short me for uh, two other buckets I made." Um, DeAndre was feeling himself. Uh, he won the Defensive Player of the Game chain. Seventeen rebounds. Seventeen rebounds. I was told that this guy was washed, done, and not uh, a valuable piece. Well, well I guess when- it helps that Peyton Pritchard isn't on the floor. Yes. Well, when Nikola Jokic is not on the floor, um, DeAndre Jordan stepped up, man. 17 rebounds, eight points. Uh, like, again, sitting courtside, you can hear DeAndre communicate and you can hear him call out plays that are coming because he's been in the league so long. He knows what's coming. And just the way that he dictates and the way that he orchestrates the defense, it is not insignificant. Um, he pretty much has a good relationship with everybody. Uh, there was at one point a stoppage in the, in the game last night and Deandre just kind of puts his head on Luca's shoulder and is just like resting it there and sweating on him. And the, uh, the Dallas morning news reporter says, he turns to me, he goes, man, I hope Deandre doesn't have COVID and, uh, <laughs> fair, fair concern. Um, 34 really- minutes for Deandre last night, 34 minutes, uh, zero blocks. I mean, 
17 rebounds, Matt. Is this one of those ones where we're going to... No, no, I'm just... Listen, I I like my seven-foot player to have one block per 34 minutes. That's all I'm asking. But hey, he was great. He was great. Don't get... I'm not... not, We're not here to bash DeAndre. Uh, You have 17 rebounds is a great game, no matter what. Uh, Look, it was just a gritty win all around. I mean, if he's not blocking guys, um, you have Bruce Brown swatting Luka Doncic. Luka, can I, like, this was really the, the closest I've watched Luka in a while, just up close. My man spends a lot of energy complaining to the referees. Way too much. It is, An it is unbecoming. It, it is unbecoming. And it's very clear that, like, you always look for vulnerabilities in, in obviously, opposing stars. The dude is susceptible to, you can get under his skin. If you're physical with him and he and a couple calls goes against him, He's not focused on the game, man. He's focused on winning an argument with the referee, and it is a it is a an Achilles heel for him. Um, so Bruce Brown is is up in his space and is physical with him. Um, and Luca complains three consecutive times in the third quarter that he got fouled on a shot, and he's just sitting on the ground complaining as the Nuggets are breaking the other way. KCP hits a three on one of those uh, bones, finishes a layup on another one, and it's just like Luca, you're not helping yourself. Yeah, that that, that um, anybody who's watched a, a decent chunk of Dallas Mavericks basketball knows that this is something that Luca's done for ages. This isn't a new and, development. This is what Luca's been like for years. And what was and what was just so um, heartening to see is that the Nuggets like they they leaned into it. Bones was was yapping a little bit um, at Dallas's bench. Zeke, I'm sitting there, and Zeke had just stuffed. Um, you talk about blocking people. He had just stuffed Luca um, at the rim, and the the third quarter ends, and Luca's talking something to him. Just keeps going at him and at him. They walk past each other on their way to their respective benches, um, and Zeke just kind of yells at him. He's like, "You've never, you you haven't scored that on me. I'm there every time on you." And I showed, like, I told Zeke that I, um, that I heard him say that, and he just like cracked up. He was like, "Yeah, man, like I've been there. I'm, I'm, I'm in his space." So it was heartening to see a Nuggets team that that very easily could have folded and said, "You know what? Let's pack it in. Let's get home. This the the start to our season has been absurd." Um, and this team just waxed us uh, on Friday night. Let's call it a day. Get back to Denver, and maybe we get one of our three uh, starters who've been out, maybe they get back and maybe we can, you know, right the ship against Detroit on Tuesday. But to their credit, man, like I'm looking at these numbers. Look, they got two of 11 from KCP. Um, You lose Jeff Green five minutes into the game when he injures his knee on a dunk. We don't know the severity of that. It is another potentially significant blow um, to their depth. Uh, I asked Michael Malone about the severity. He couldn't tell me last night, but he did say DeAndre Jordan was messing with him and was like, oh, not a surprise. Jeff Green goes out and uh, and the Nuggets roll. And so and he says that Jeff Green laughed at that. So maybe that there's a little bit of optimism that it's not that severe. But um, really, there's no telling right now Uh, what it does mean probably is that Zeke Naji is going to remain in the rotation for now. Um, Positive development. A positive development, but he's also earned it. He's also played well when given an opportunity. So um, just so many, so many kind of wrinkles and takeaways. I told you, Matt, last night, it was one of the hardest game stories I've ever had to write. I had 
six paragraphs for a win, six paragraphs for a loss. Um, and my hair's on fire. And I was just happy to make the press conference on time. Avid listeners to the Nuggets Inc. podcast uh, would know that Michael Singer's job is now in jeopardy because of that shot by Vlatko Chanchar. Uh, I believe there was a, a bet between you two at the start of the season. Or, or do I have to ready for uh, a Nuggets job description? A um, no, you don't because the bet, and, and I love that people uh, were hitting me on Twitter about this last night. Um, the, the bet was a full court shot. That is what Vlatko and I will do after shoot-arounds. We will throw it from one baseline to the other. And so none of this half-court stuff. I mean, anyone can make a half-court shot. I can hit 25% from uh, half-court on open. <laughs> I don't know if I buy that. I don't, I don't need you poking holes in that theory. Um, it was a full-court shot. So uh, I will just say Vlatko did not come at me for my job last night. Maybe when he has time to process it and, and thinks about it, maybe he thinks maybe he thinks I've owed him something and maybe I have to quit half my job. So he'll see me uh, he'll see me way less than he does right now. And maybe that's a positive development for the Nuggets. Um, but uh, are you at least a little know, are you at least a little scared now? You, you've seen him hit half court. So now, you know, he's got distance that he can hit these things. All it takes is one. I mean, I'm just a little scared because Vlatko's a lot stronger than I am, and it's a lot harder for me to get it full court and whip it full court than it is for him. Have you hit rim um, once? Have you hit rim I, once? I've hit backboard. I've hit backboard. Okay, okay, okay. So I can get it. I can get it the distance on occasion. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. You can hit backboard. All right. So um, we haven't even talked about Bones Highland yet, and he was uh, he was magnificent. Uh, in that game last night. Uh, I'll read off his line, just in case you don't know what it is. 10 for 21, 29 points, 6 assists, 1 turnover. Yeah. Not bad. After getting heckled by Luca two nights before because he wouldn't pass to his boy Vlatko. Yeah. Um, and I wrote about this today. Uh, it was oh, a, a huge turnaround for Bones Highland, and you know, the, the Nuggets had an optional shooting day uh, Saturday. It was like I mentioned before, it was like kind of like a playoff format and that you see the same team twice in three days. And it's interesting because I don't know that the Nuggets would have made this kind of turnaround um, if it was just a regular road trip where you get smoked by one team, then you go face another team. It helped. I believe that they stayed in the same city and um, I'll just it was freezing cold in Dallas this weekend. I don't know why, but it was freezing cold and there was probably nobody getting out and about. And uh, specifically Bones Highland, man, they had an optional shooting day on Saturday to get into the gym, get some shots up, work on whatever. Um, you know, and that's kind of a they don't want to have a formal practice. They don't want to gather everybody. They just say, hey, if you're if you if you feel like you want to get some shots up or watch some film. We're here for you. If you or get some treatment, like let's do that. Um, bones did not do that. Bones sat in his, in his hotel room, looking at film and, and watching replays of what, of how they had guarded him um, on Friday night and how they had swarmed him and thrown double teams at him. And rather than fighting him, like he did uh, Friday night where he tried to go against two and occasionally three guys into the, into the paint, um, he got off the ball last night. He, he, he kicked it when, when he got swarmed. And um, Michael Malone called it a sign of respect. 
um, when you see when, when the Mavericks are throwing two guys at you. But it was a, a step in the, in the right direction in terms of maturity um, for him to just get off the ball um, and facilitate for his guys. Six assists, one turnover, in addition to 10 of 21 from the field for 29 points. I mean, um, he was more than double the next leading scorer, who's Michael Porter, who had 14 points. Everything ran through Bones last night. He played 35 minutes off the bench. Um, they don't even come close to winning this game without Bones. They, they don't have another breakdown guy like him. Bruce Brown is good in, in, in spurts as an attacking guard, really good on eight, floaters, really good eight in Eight assists last night for Bruce Brown. Yes. Eight assists. In addition, in addition to um, swarming defense on Luca, um, and really, like I said, getting under his skin. So, so yes, Bruce has been invaluable, but Bones is the creator, man. Like Malone said at pregame, he was like, "I don't want Bones to be a John Stockton type. He can be a um, a Lou Williams. He actually called him Lemon Pepper Lou. He can be a Lemon Pepper Lou. He can be a Jamal Crawford type." Um, he's a scorer, and this is who they drafted. They know that we wrote the story a week ago um, that he embraces inner Allen Iverson, um, you know, when he kind of took over in that game back at home. And so this is who Bones is. He has a chip on his shoulder, and he plays tough. He has his shake is, I, I would call it elite. And um, his, what I think people need to watch closely with Bones is the speed at which he can accelerate and decelerate and his hesitation move. Because when you look across this roster and you look for elite skills, things that can create offense or create windows or, you know, offset the timing of the defense. What are the, who are the guys that have elite traits? Bones has an elite burst, um, a really elite burst. And then you pair that with a Michael Porter Jr. who has an elite shot when it's on. Sorry. I, uh, this is the second time. Second, uh, uh, I got another Amber Alert in Texas. <laughs> if we get is... problems in Texas right now. We get real problems. Sorry. Yes. Go ahead and finish your thought on Bones. No, the, the, the when I'm talking about who has the elite traits, it's Bones and it's Michael Porter Jr. His shot, he which he can get over anybody. Do you, so, do you think? Uh, would you say that one of or both Caldwell Pope and uh, Bruce Brown are at least approaching elite defense uh, on oh, the yeah. perimeter? I do. Um, I do. With Bruce Brown, you have a, a point of attack defender who's really physical, can guard up and down. Contavious Caldwell-Pope is a physical and fiery, aggressive, assertive defender. Um, you compare that with a Christian Brown who does it as well, too. Like He doesn't make mistakes. He's always in the right spot. He's, he's positionally balanced. He's he, he, you know, he, he moves his feet well. Um, Vlatko is a solid defender. Zeke is a solid defender. Uh, Jeff Green is a guy who's been asking for these matchups. Um, he he was guarding Luka on Friday night. Remember, in the Oklahoma City game, he wanted to take Shea Gilders-Alexander. So you look up and down the roster. I, I mean, we, Davon Reed played meaningful minutes last night. There are guys who can guard. They, they, there is clearly a prototype of who Calvin Booth wants. And you can't be a total negative defensively. And you know what? I'm going to give Michael Porter Jr. some credit too because I know everybody bags on his defense, um, which we've talked about has gotten better. Last night he had two steals. He had a block. Um, he he was positionally aware on certain occasions. Like if he's not even involved in the, in the immediate action, he will just put his arms up and get deflections. And so 
they we they talked about it on Friday night. They didn't get enough deflections. Like they were getting their arms in passing lanes and 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 mucking up Dallas's defense. And Michael Porter was a part of that. In addition to getting some really tough rebounds. So, and and I'm hoping we get to Porter in a second. But like when you're not scoring at the level that you're capable of, which he hasn't been for the last few games, do other things. And Michael Porter Jr. did do other things. He was good on the glass and, and he disrupted those passing lanes. In addition to hitting um, outside of Vlatko's miracle shot, uh, Michael Porter hit the biggest shot of the game. Um, that three-pointer from the wing with 55 seconds left that, that gave them the game. His only three-pointer of the night, um, he buried it. So a lot of credit to him for for kind of just picking up um, and being a, a no-contact scorer, which everybody knows he's capable of. One quick uh, stat I want to point out, and then we're going to take a break. Contavious uh, Caldwell-Pope, 38 minutes last night. Two of 11, not great. But zero fouls in 36 minutes. I'm sorry, 38 yeah. minutes. That's incredible for somebody who's doing that much defending. Yeah. Um, I think we should point out a uh, another stat. Um, on uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope, uh, I believe 53% uh, from three point range, uh, which is uh, second in the NBA um, at his volume. Uh, not, not actually, it's it dropped to a, a measly 51.4%. Gonna have to work uh, on things. Second to Josh Green at 53%, who I think he hit six or seven last night against against the Nuggets and was really good. The Nuggets were like, we're content if if we're going to let Josh Green beat us. And, and he damn near almost did it. Um, so, yes, man, you, you asked elite defense. I think Contavious Caldwell-Pope, the, the, the two-way capability, he has been so good for them. I think I think – it would. It's safe to say he has been better than anybody could have expected um, when they made that trade. Yeah, I, right now that trade is looking fantastic. That 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 trade is looking kind of like the opposite of the Rudy Gobert trade. Oof. Yeah, sorry. Shout out our guy Tim. Conley. Sorry, Tim. Sorry, Tim. That's not looking great right now. Um, all right. With that note, um, you brought up Michael Porter Jr. Uh, we're going to take a break, but I, I got some uh, fiery MPJ takes that uh, is going to make Nuggets Twitter lose its mind. So that'll be up next. The Nuggets Inc. podcast is presented by Avaca TV, a proud sponsor of the Denver Nuggets and Colorado Avalanche and the most affordable option in Colorado to watch regional sports. For just $25 a month, subscribers can access Avs, Nuggets, Rapids, and yes, even Rockies games anywhere via their phones, tablets, or laptops. Avaca also offers dedicated channels for college athletics in Colorado, including CSU, DU, Northern Colorado, and Metro State. As one Twitter user aptly said, it's like the Netflix of Colorado sports. There are no contracts, and subscribers can pause or cancel at any time. Sign up at avaca.tv. All right, we're back. MPJ take, spicy MPJ take, promised we will now deliver. MPJ, without Nikola Jokic on the floor, without Jamal Murray on the floor, still not really running the offense through him uh, and not really producing at the clip that you'd like to see from somebody that you're paying max money. Uh, Mike, what are your thoughts on that? Because when I look at that, I think, well, is this guy just – a really good supporting player on an offense? Is he really not capable of taking over a game? Is that just not who Michael Porter Jr. is? Uh, I'm sure you've thought about this a little bit. 
I've definitely thought about this. Um, you know, the last two games, Mike uh, was 5 of 23 from the field. Uh, losses to New York and lost to Dallas on Friday night. Um, did not have the facilitating, did not have the gravity of Jamal and Joker to space the floor. Um, what's funny is we always talk about how Michael Porter can get his shot off off anybody. It doesn't really matter who's contesting or who's in his space. Um, evidently, it does matter. Uh you know, when, when you don't have the floor spacing that when you don't have um, defenders sticking to other lethal weapons like Jamal and Joker, uh, you, 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 you get so much higher, uh, more attention and more weight thrown at you that it can mess with you. So he's, he's five of 23 in those two losses. He's two of 11 from three um, Friday night. He is sitting in his locker room. You know, I reported this, and he's sitting there having a long conversation with Vlatko, um, who, you know, featured prominently this weekend. Vlatko Chanchar and Michael Porter Jr. don't have a ton in common, but this is Vlatko saying, I'm recognizing my guy is struggling, and I'm going to be here for him. I'm going to listen to him. I'm going to talk to him. I'm going to try to work through this. I know the Mavericks better than anybody else is, is, is what Vlatko is telling him. And he's like, look, here's maybe where you can find your places. Um, you don't need to put so much pressure on yourself. Like, we are undermanned. You know, Chris Marlowe, altitude play-by-play uh, uh, -play guy last night, made a really interesting comment. And when I referenced that, the, um, that Saturday was an optional shooting day uh, and Bones didn't make it in um, to the gym, Chris Marlowe said on air that Michael Porter Jr. didn't make it into the gym either which is very atypical for Michael Porter Jr. The dude is a workaholic, lives in the gym, almost mandates that he gets X amount of shots up a day. Didn't go in. Um, I'm watching carefully last night, and uh, I'm seeing guys go up to Michael Porter Jr. at the free throw line encouraging him. They're just in his ear. Bones is in his ear. Um, I don't know the last time that Michael Porter Jr. was one of four from the free throw line. One of four. I mean, this dude has – the most reliable stroke on the team hasn't happened this season. I can tell you that. And I'm just, I'm, I'm watching him and I'm just like, it, it's, it's tough to believe that he's not in his head a little bit. That being said, man, six of 11, he hits the biggest shot of the game. Um, when bones feeds it to him on the wing and he steps into it and shoots it with confidence. So is this guy a, a bona fide number one, a, 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 a you know, a, a guy who you can build a franchise around? Um, I don't think so. When you have when when you have you know the defensive question marks and um, kind of the specialization on offense that, that you have, I don't think he's that. But that doesn't mean that he can't be the most devastating number three guy in the NBA. I mean, the the, the last two games were or the last three games were illuminating in that you saw what 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 defenses will do. And by the way, this is not just any defense. This is the number five defense in the NBA well, and, and the New York Knicks. Number five defense in the NBA, Dallas Mavericks, and uh, a, uh, you know a team that's going you're going to have to dance with in the Western Conference playoffs for years. And we're just going to um, pass over the New York Knicks and Tom Thibodeau. Yeah, man, I'm going to pass over the New York Knicks um, <laughs> for a lot of reasons. I, I, um, one for five in that game, by the I'm sorry, one for eight. Excuse me, in that game. You're right, and I think that's where the initial questions started to percolate. Um, you know, how much does Jamal Michael was on Porter the court for that too? Right. How much does Michael Porter need uh, Joker to facilitate? And it's like, okay, this is this is what everyone says about Joker. 
how much easier he makes people's lives. And maybe you only you only like addition by subtraction. You only see it when he's not there or you realize the magnitude when he's not there. Um, And so, yes, Porter has had a tough go of it without his guys. You know, they like let's just let's just totally hypothetical scenario. They're not paying Michael Porter Jr. max money unless they have the infrastructure uh, around him. Okay. And they did have the infrastructure around him. So that's why they paid him that. And for the most part, thus far this year, he's been really, really good. Um, is he, you know, is it a little sobering? Is it a little bit humbling uh, to to acknowledge and realize, you know, where where your lapses are or where you're not, when you're not living up to your expectations, when those other pieces are stripped away from you? Maybe. And maybe that's what Michael Porter's dealing with a little bit now. But like, to, to send up, you know, flares and big fire signals and smoke signals. Like, I don't think this is that. I think it's just a little bit of a realization um, that I'm a, I'm a really, really good NBA player um, who's probably not a franchise caliber starter. And how many of them are, are there in the NBA? You know, maybe 10, maybe. I'm going to read off the stat line for Michael Porter Jr. over the last three games. 11 of 34 from the floor, including 3 of 16 from three-point range. 11 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 block, 2 steals. That is over 55, 75, 83 minutes. 83 minutes, Mike. We're talking about 11 rebounds in 83 minutes. And yet he's still shooting 44% um, from the three-point line. So, you know, maybe it's a little bit of regression. Uh, maybe we shouldn't expect him to shoot 50% well, even though he thinks you just, he's capable you just, of it. You just said to me uh, a few minutes back, if your shot's not falling, do some other things. He wasn't doing other things until last night. And that's probably, you know, where some of the reflection comes from. He like maybe he doesn't go into the gym on Saturday and maybe he's like maybe maybe coaches are hitting him. Maybe some of his teammates are saying, hey, man, here's where you can be effective. And he was effective last night. Uh, He played in the fourth quarter, um, you know, and it would have been damning had he not. I was thinking about that, actually, like, you know, he fully loaded. He maybe can't get on the floor in crunch time, but um, he was there last night. He was effective. He was a good two way presence. Um, was not the fire hose uh, offensive, you know, contributor that that Bones was, or that maybe the Nuggets needed or expected. But um, you know, it, it was a productive step uh, when Porter's maybe searching for himself a little bit. Right. And and, it, and it's funny because he's coming off of what 30, I wrote was his best game of of maybe his career, thirty one points, points yeah. in Chicago, uh, which is more than he's had um, in in the three uh, games since. So, um, you know, we don't know a timeline yet uh, for Nicola, for Jamal Murray, for Aaron Gordon. Although Aaron Gordon, there was hope that he was going to be able to make it to Dallas. Um, He's dealing with a non-COVID illness Uh, going into yesterday's game. It didn't happen. So maybe there's hope that he comes back. Nicola Jokic has missed three games. Um, Jamal Murray's missed two. The Nuggets, um, because uh, the NBA schedule makers love Denver so much, have scheduled three and four around Thanksgiving. Uh, they got Detroit, 
Then they got Oklahoma City, Thanksgiving, then at L.A. Uh, Clippers on Friday. Um, I'm not going to be shocked if, 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 if at least one and maybe two, uh, if not all three, are back um, within the week. By, by the L.A. Clippers game? I, I mean, look, I'm speculating, so let me just put that caveat. But um, Mike Singer is not a doctor. He's married to one, though. But, but Bones Highland came back after only two or three games out due to health and safety protocol. Obviously, this is all uh, – it's fluid. Um, and, you know, I do think when you look back at that New York game and how – remember Jamal had that kind of lackadaisical three-point shot at the end to, to try to win it. They squandered um, that game, by the way. That was a game that they really should have had. They did, but I think that Jamal was – I think Jamal was battling something then. I mean, you saw fatigue in the second half. It's tough not to connect the dots and say, was something coming? Um, So, you know, I don't know when they're going to be fully healthy, but last night was was an impressive, resilient, gutsy win um, where they did all the things and got got contributions up and down the roster from guys you wouldn't normally know that you could count on. And and maybe you can't bank on a half-court shot from Vlaco every night, but you can bank. Maybe, maybe. But you, yeah, I he said does that. practice uh, them a lot. But you can bank on Christian Brown playing really hard defense. You can bank on productive minutes from Zeke Naji. Um, you can bank. Well, now on, you can. We, we, you couldn't, you know, a week and a half ago. But you know, I always say this. Like, it, it was kind of like when when Michael Malone finally started to trust Michael Porter several years back. You can't put the Jack back in the box we've seen a little bit of of Zeke Najee now and it's gone well so in what world can you pull the rug out from under him and just and and kind of staunch that momentum who knows what's up with Jeff Green and if we'll see what he looks like and how long he might be out And, and I don't even know if he will be out we'll find out soon but like Zeke has shown that he's ready to contribute and step in from the jump um, and talk a little bit of smack to Luca, you know, along the way. So we, we've said it before, man. This team is really deep. Even Davon Reed hit a couple huge shots last night, like up and down the roster. They didn't even have Ish Smith back. Ish Smith's been gone for nine games with a calf strain. This team is playing without point guards, without centers, um, you know, a few more road games. They're not going to have a beat writer anymore. And uh, When Vlatko you know, shot, and that's the end of that. Yeah, once Vlatko puts an end to the career, um, so this that that was a huge win, and, and and that's why I said I thought it was more impressive than the seven man win in Utah. Um, all great points, Mike. I, I will disagree with you on this. You can, in fact, put the Jack back in the box. Uh, I've done it before. Uh, okay. <laughs> so um, in, in what in what capacity, or are you just going to say that? And not give any context. <laughs> well, have you ever had a jack-in-the-box before? You know how they work, right? You, you pop it out, and then you put it back in, and then you pop it out again. You just it's a metaphor, do that Matt. over and over what again. What do you know about metaphors, Matt? I, that was a terrible metaphor is what I'm saying. All right, so um, we're moving on from the jack-in-the-box. By the way, jack-in-the-box fast food, uh, known by jack-in-the-crack in many, many other areas. Uh, love it. Absolutely love it. I'm just going to throw that in there. They're not a sponsor, but you know what? You, gi- you give be. shine when it's earned. And Jack yeah. in the Box, you earned it. Yeah. All right. So um, you brought it up with Nicola and Jamal uh, and uh, Aaron Gordon. Um, health and safety protocols. Again, that's the Rona, right? Yeah. Uh, I think it's for like, 
I think like legal reasons they don't like saying HIPAA. I don't even know that it's HIPAA. I, I, I think it's just like some level. There's some level of plausible deniability there. Um, and I don't think it's much. But I think that w- when you don't, you know, explicitly say that this guy is COVID positive, um, then maybe you can't like I, I think it's that they don't ever want uh, they don't ever want any negotiations or any other teams or any entities to use it against players. That's what I think is going on. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, and I'm I'm both a doctor and a legal scholar, by the yeah. way. <laughs> Married to a doctor, not actually a doctor. Um, right. So, so you stayed uh, at a Fairfield Inn last night. <laughs> Keep going. I just lost my my train of thought with the Fairfield Inn uh, comment. Is, yeah. is that is that your go to the Fairfield? No, we, we, we ride with Marriott properties and <laughs> if there's a, uh, if there's a, uh, reasonable Marriott property, we're there. Marriott. So you got a lot of points, Matt, get on track. <laughs> All right. Next up the Pistons. Um, after that, uh, Shea Gillagis Alexander coming to town. Um, if you have not watched this guy play this season, he's unbelievable. He's like, what would you say? Like, what first, second team NBA, all NBA? If you yes. if you did it right now, either yes. first team or second team, you got to put him in one though. He's, I mean, he's making a case for first team. The dude is otherworldly, coming into his own. Man, um, the Thunder knew when they paid him what they had. Uh, he is a, he is just unbelievable. His breakdown ability. Remember how I was talking about Bones Highlands breakdown ability and the speed and the direction change. And that game's shifting. on the road, though. I, I just want to make sure I, I put that. It's on the road. I'm sorry. Just yeah, it's on the road uh, because the Nuggets only play games on the road. <laughs> and, um, I mean, Shea is elite at so many things. The Thunder live in the paint. One more reason why uh, the Nuggets desperately need Aaron Gordon back. They, they will not have any size. Man, I do not want to see DeAndre Jordan in – 75 pick and rolls with SGA. Um, That's a problem. Yeah. So like they need their size back. They need their guys. Um, We don't know when it's going to happen, but um, yeah, they got Shea. uh, They got Detroit on Tuesday. Then they got the Clippers who, who knows what's going on with the Clippers. Uh, I don't even know if what Kawhi's status is. Um, They're the Clippers. That's, that's what's going on with them. They continue to be the Clippers. Why do we forget that the Clippers are the Clippers? Yeah, but look, given all everything the Nuggets have been through, it is somewhat remarkable that they are ten and six right now, tied for second in the West. Um, I, I spent a lot of time with ESPN's Tim McMahon uh, this this weekend, and I, I just Name posed drop. the question. I mean, he's my boy. He's just uh, he goes, and we had this debate: who's the more surprising start, Utah at twelve and six or Portland at ten and six? Um, because he's lamenting uh, having to maybe go back to Utah, which he did not intend to go to Utah uh, this season, but he might be back there. Um, At some point, we'll have him on the podcast. I kind of wanted to have him on the podcast this week, but it felt a little unfair just because he wasn't going to see the full complement of Nuggets available, but at some point we will. Um, I want his impression. I mean, like given all their road games, 11 of their 15 games have been on the road. They're six and five on the road. The fact that this team is, is still swimming without 
a few games now with with their MVP is somewhat remarkable in my opinion. And you know, if they don't choke away that game against the Nuggets, or I'm sorry, the Knicks, excuse me, um, they're 11 and five right now. And, and that was not, a, they were up what 10 points in the fourth quarter on that game. Yeah, not bad. That that's one. Oh gosh, that'll you know when you look back and it's like game 80. And they need like one extra win to get the three seed or something like that. That one will hurt. Well, it's going to get balanced out by the fact that Vlaco Chandra hit a half court shot to see <laughs> this one. Yes. So, uh, assuming we don't bank on that, um, life evens out. So it, it's a wash with the uh, the next game, is what you're saying. Sixteen games in, we got a couple washes. Correct. All right, Mike. So you're coming back home. Um, then back on the road again. How how do you like this schedule? Are you does does this uh, inform you about the difficulties of being an NBA player who has to jet set all over the country? Although you're doing it in coach, it should be mentioned. Ah, uh, fair filled in. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's been exhausting, no doubt. Um, and you know, you talk to the people at Dallas Morning News; they got uh, they got backups, they got guys at the ready. Uh, San Antonio, they got guys at the ready. So this is taxing, but um, we appreciate all the listeners. We appreciate people reading the Denver Post. It, hel- it helps support um, our travel, uh, and so I can ask questions, and I can be in the locker room, and I can and I can get color, and you know, get fun insight that I, that I think informs how people understand and perceive this team. Um, so. Uh, we're doing it for we're doing it for the readers. Uh, that's why we work. All right, Mike. Thanks for joining us today. We'll be back here again. Uh, I don't want to say what time next week, but at some point next week. All right, man. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. Same here. Turn around. You're living.